The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the barn and the holy toast. That going? That looks all right, doesn't that it? That looks right. Hello, and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. Uh, guest Charlie Clawson. Uh, this week, I didn't even explain that to you. Uh, Charlie used to be on the show. That's the guy. Do you remember, we were yeah, talking right, about I remember that? that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kurt Brownola. Is that how I say it? Is that close enough? Brownola. 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 Yeah. Brownola. Yeah. I mean, I think it's difficult Brown, to tell Brown, with your accent yeah, right. whether or not it's correct or not. But I would say I like it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't like because I mean it's your name, and I don't want to be. Like, you know, the thing is with people's names, you're like, I want to do it the best I can. Sure. But also, it's my fault for not changing It's not my your name. fault at all. Oh, for- <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Right. What a, I mean, what a fucking bad showbiz call on my part. I enjoy the responsibility you've taken for your own life, Kurt, because <laughs> some people would be, they would blame their parents. <laughs> they no. would be like, well, it's their fault I have my name. You're like, no, it's my fault I didn't change my name. I should have changed my name. Come on. I, I could have changed it to anything. Now, Kurt's actually been on the podcast before as well. You that did is a, true. You did a cameo in our Baron Vaughn episode. I just walked right in, just arrogantly strode into your podcast Right, recording. because we are in the house next door to that house and they're like the house we share a lawn with that other house yeah it's, it's not a lawn it's like filled with little tiny rocks but it is gonna it's it feels like i'm just going through this suburb and i'm just gonna do a podcast in every house uh, along the street it is silver lake los angeles you could if you walk right up the hill you'd hit like 12 other comedians i was gonna say probably an in between about you know 50 indie musicians with their own podcasts oh, and yeah Oh, yeah. you know, Do musicians have podcasts? I wonder. People who, not musicians, but people who, who like, like music. music. <laughs> well, if thing. you listen to their podcasts, yeah. mostly people who hate music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the music you like or the music <laughs> they used to like. Yeah. yeah. To tear it down. One album ago, I liked them. Right. Do you have a band that you used to like? Yes. Well, let's start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's a band. There is a band I used to like and now I can't stand. Okay, great. Who Mumford are they? Mumford and Sons. Oh, interesting. I definitely like that like first song that came yep. out and I was like, this is kind of exciting, but now it feels like it's just everywhere. It just feels like every song is a Mumford and Sons song on the radio, at least in America. Like everything's got a banjo in it. Everything's kind of country style. And I love that like, idea when people take, like you know, for example, Mumford yeah. and Sons. Yeah. And they they miss the idea that because on that first album, there's a Man. couple of really cracking cha- tracks. So good. Amazing live band. Yeah. Like you know, really. And on They're a, a quality band, I don't want to hate them. Right. And I don't want to hate them. But on a festival, they used to be. Oh, great. Yeah, they, they're that folk band that did well. There's that folk band. They're, they're the guys with the, the banjo. On the side stage. Let's not go and like, see the Mumfords and Now sons. they're everything. Right. Now they're like, there's like five other bands that sound exactly like them yeah. now and they're all on like top 40 radio. What you're happy, what you're saying is you're happy for there to be one Mumford and Sons. Exactly. But don't you want, don't. I don't want a world of Mumford and Sons. And the other. It's like a world of preciousness. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like a world of only, uh, of, of only uh, like movies made by who made Rushmore? <laughs> 
what's his name? Uh, Rushmore and uh, the 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 Royal Tannenbaums. It's like movies only made by whatever the fuck his name is. I love. It would have been a great thing if I could remember somebody's name. No, no, no. But I know his name as well. So we're both sitting here going. I, I have keep no idea. To say P.T. Anderson because I'm sitting with right, Ryan. but it isn't P.T. Anderson. No, it's not P.T. It's Anderson. the other one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the other. It's the other one. Exactly. The one who shoots all of his uh, films and Instagram Yeah, it's, colors. The, it's, it's the Steve Zizou guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can name all of his films. Right. I love all of his films. Yeah, exactly. But if every film was made like like uh, like Rushmore, I would hate. Oh. I hate it. It would just can't. It's like it has its perfect little place. I feel like we're going to get kicked out of Silver Lake if we can't like name this director because it really is. Come on. I mean, it's. I mean, everyone who's listening to the podcast is yelling. The name and being like, what are you guys talking about? Right. And as soon as I Google it, oh, I can't Google because I'm at your house. Oh, yeah. I forgot you about can't that. Go- go- Google it. Right. You're I mean, like, do you want to just do it? Oh, my girlfriend will know. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Look, come this on is in. it. Lawrence, this is come perfect. on. In. Who, what's the name of the director who did Moonrise Kingdom? Oh, my God. No oh one Oh, my God. No one knows. Maybe it's something to do with the house. This guy. No, it's not Anderson. That's P.T. Anderson you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> All right, you think. Now, what I'd like to say is I feel like this is just a great example to anyone out there who's worried about what people think of you. Oh. You know the amount of time we spend at home going, oh, I'm everyone's so thinking about me. I'm so worried about this thing. This dude has made five of the best films of all time. Of all time. Where I love his you films. You love his films. I've watched all of his films hundreds of times. No idea. No idea what his name is. <laughs> I've even seen his first film, Bottle Rocket, which not many people have right. ever seen. And uh, I'm not saying I'm really special, but I'm pretty special. Right. Well, you're, yeah. you're a big fan of his to not know immediately <laughs> to not, what his name is. To not know what his name is. Where's Wes Anderson? Anderson. Uh, see, that what was the Anderson, Anderson thing. That Anderson we got thrown. us up. It, exactly. Right. Well, Everyone listening to this is just annoyed at this. You know the, we couldn't remember Well, you know this. the worst thing about that is now that, I, now that we know it is... I really should have known it because often when you try to Google Will Anderson, what Wes comes a- up is Wes Anderson. W. Anderson. Right. Yeah. You really should know it. I really should have known that. Uh. That's an example of how little I Google myself. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, you don't. So I find the interesting thing about the Mumford and Sons thing, though, just for a second, is that because it's not really Mumford and Sons' fault. But no. you take it out on them. I take it out on them. Right? Because the nice thing about them was that they were novel. And it happens in comedy all the time as well. Someone exactly. comes through who's different. Mm-hmm. And then if there's a lot of imitators or a lot of people doing a poor version of it, exactly. you start hating the original. And, but it's, it's really difficult to hate like Clear Channel. I don't, you guys don't have Clear Channel Australia. No. But Clear Channel is who owns every radio, almost every radio station in America. Okay. And so like Clear Channel kind of was like, they just were like Mumford and Son and they just put them on on the radio constantly across America and that spawned all of the repetition. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was really, it. but it's it, but you can't be like, you know who I hate, Clear Ch- I mean, you can be like, I hate Clear Channel, yeah. I do hate them. Uh, but in a musical in discussion, a musical it's discussion, it's, Yeah, it, it is, it's totally true. I don't really dislike yeah. Mumford and Sons. I do you know who dislike. I hate? Clear Channel and <laughs> the people who copied Mumford and Sons. <laughs> and they've all made me like Mumford and Sons less. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Mumford and Sons, it's not really your fault. I'm so sorry. But I I do hate you now. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I'm not going to see you. I find that very interesting because I think there's also a, a, a choice in people's careers and I'd be interested to see what Mumford and Sons do because I always say that in your career you have like a Coldplay Radiohead moment, 
right? Yeah. yeah. Where at both times, like you know, when OK Computer came out, mm-hmm. like Radiohead were like the, the biggest band of that style in the world. Yeah. And Coldplay became a band because they wanted to be Radiohead, you right. know? And they both got to a point where, you know, at one stage they were like the kind of biggest band of that style in the world. And Radiohead went, okay, done with this now. Kidding. We're going to go off and make music that we find interesting yeah. and see who's really interested in us. Yeah. And Coldplay went, wow, stadiums are good. Let's get bangles. <laughs> and I don't think either of those are necessarily it's just wrong two ways choices. They're just Mumf- two ways of going. Mumford & Son has to go. Like they have to out Mumford & Son everybody else. Like just, it's just got to be like a, like their next album is just a jug and like a string it's just a string a jug and a and like a washboard and that's it just like whoo, whoo, zip, zip, whoo, whoo. and that's what ha- that I don't know do. if this was in a musical instrument that you had in America but in a Australia jug. they were um, uh, you would put beer bottle caps on a stick and they would bang it <laughs> <laughs> what's, <laughs> what's that called the beer stick What's that called? The beer banging stick? I believe it's called the beer something. There's some sort oh, really? of beer related. So, well, do you, we have here, mm. and I don't know if you guys have, where you, you would overturn like an old timey um, wash tin and then stick a broom handle in it and then run a string to the bottom of it. And it was called like a, it's like a, it's essentially a stand up bass, but sounds like oh yeah it's a string it's a broom handle bass or whatever i don't even know what the fuck the name of it i is. enjoy the idea that we're still going to enjoy music in a poke post-apocalyptic world though oh yeah you know when the oh, grid yeah. goes down the the beer player and the bowl player are going to be fine yeah, yeah no they're going to be fine you know rednecks are going to rule the world right yeah or at least the musical world <laughs> um I was in uh, Alaska, Fairbanks, Alaska. Okay. Speaking of rednecks, mm-hmm. and I met a uh, Enderworld survivalist. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, they're up there. Like a proper one. Oh, for real? Yeah, like three months of like uh, rations and seeds to regrow, plants and guns and all this sort of. How like, did you, you know, meet this person? Uh, at a gig. <laughs> so they're like, still going so to So they're like, hey. Great show. Right. I've got a bunker yeah. <laughs> underneath my house. Really? Right. That was like their opening? It's out in the woods. Oh, wow. Not, not in the, yeah, it's off the grid because she was telling me when you. And it was a lady. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. that's a lady who carries a gun when she goes on her bushwalks so that she can shoot bear. So. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Did she bring her gun to the gig? I assume so. Mm-hmm. I don't normally like to ask the audience if they're armed. <laughs> I feel like let's not bring let's guns not into this. Let's not even uh, like arouse the possibility <laughs> that you could use a gun at this show. Let's not yeah. put that thought into, into your mind. Right? Head. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she was telling me all about it, and she said one of the big things is you can't have ac- you can't have road access to your secret hideaway. Oh right, because people, people are going to come drive and get up you. And get you right. Yeah. You need somewhere that's completely inaccessible, like apart from the way that you know how to get there. So she's going to have a place, she's got a place that's uh, walking distance from a river. So she would get there by boat down the river and then like hike through to the, you know, place where it is that's off the grid that people don't know where it is. Wow. Right. And also it's off the grid in Alaska. Yeah. Where it's like. Which is already off the eight grid. Eight months. <laughs> I know. It's already, it's already, out, but eight months out of the year. No one, no one's going to be able to make it up there anyway. No. And it's also going to be just, just, I mean, that's amazing. Of course, that's where it would be. Yeah. yeah. Do, how would you think you would go in a po- post-apocalyptic world? You know what, Well, I happened. To, this is a weird thing about me. But uh, when I was 18, 
my English teacher, who just happened to essentially run a school on uh, like uh, primitive skills for, for like wilderness awareness. Yeah. And so like took us up there and we spent a few days like learning how to do, you know, primitive skills to survive. And, um, and when I graduated college, I went up and lived for a month by myself and built my own structure, made a wigwam and lived in it. And, and I've been going up there ever since. And so... Are you serious? I do have a tiny amount of like primitive skills for wow. like survival. Like I can make fire without anything. How do you do it? Fire? What's your fire method? I use I mean, because I've watched a lot of Survivor, so yeah, I, use, I feel like I'm an expert. I use a bow drill. <laughs> do you know what a bow drill is? Is that like a piece of wood that you spin on another thing? No, mm-hmm. what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, essentially, the, is that bo- the, idea? the bow is like, imagine like a, a bow for a bow and arrow. Yeah. It's a structure like that, but then you take your spindle, the thing that's going to spin in the wood to make the friction, and it's wrapped up into the string of the bow. So you actually get a lot, it's a lot oh. easier to make it as opposed to rubbing it with your hands. Like a right. hand, hand drills are like almost, Im- I find them almost impossible to get fire with, but a bow drill, you can actually like get fire with. Wow. I, I find it, yeah. And you can make fire. I've, yeah. I, there's a video of me on the internet making fire with a bow drill. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm all, all, uh, why don't you have your own like Bear grills esque Because, well, actually, Lauren... Why are you not the comedy Bear Grylls? <laughs> I want to be the comedy because whenever, right. whenever Lauren and I go out... Because I make shit up is what she said. Because I literally... Cause, <laughs> I said, <laughs> this is the one thing that was like when you see because a, a lot of my information again we talked about this right. where it's really fun to make stuff make stuff up like right. I do have a bunch of skills yeah. in the wilderness but then I also have a bunch of stuff that I don't know anything about right. but I have like a lot of guesses and I like to speak authoritatively about right. Them, right and I'm assuming most of the time you're in a room with someone who knows less than you so yeah, exactly right? right you know if you just know enough you can kind of like you know you're not tricking them you're just like I think this is probably right. right. I'm going to commit to it. Everybody else is like he lost me at spindle. So. <laughs> no, that's all true. That's a thing. Yeah. Is once people know that you do make things up, I accidentally make things right. up. But Lauren's big thing was that like we were in the woods once and I was like you if you see a bear, like the main thing to do is to like run at it and scream and wave your arms in the air. <laughs> Which is, I still stand behind this. This is one of the things, especially, but with a black bear, not with a brown bear or a Kodiak bear, but with a black bear. Because they'll just, you just be like, yeah, yeah, and make yourself really big. And right. they'll usually just walk away because they don't want to, they get involved, you know. Right. But with a Kodiak bear or a brown bear, they can often just take a swipe at you. Right. And you're just supposed to, like, just get away from them. <laughs> So, so what you're saying is that it might could be dangerous information I'm giving out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a one, you have a one in three chance of this being good <laughs> advice. I think it's really in the way you do it. Right. If you have confidence. If you have confidence. And if you yell and it's you like comedy. scream and clap and hold your arms up in the air. They're just like, yeah, You've got to exactly show the, like comedy. got to show the bear who's in charge. You got to be on your game, you know, to be really confident. <laughs> To not get eaten. I uh, I didn't realize that bears were. I mean, until I came here. Yeah. I didn't realize that people do actually get attacked by bears. So do you have bears in Australia? No, you don't. Okay, you just have in every other dangerous animal. Yeah. Yeah, you have everyone. Uh, every a lot of our dangerous animals are tiny. Some are big. They're yes, but they're, a lot of them are tiny. That's scary because you yeah. can't see them. Yeah, I have uh, deadly animals in my backyard every yes. day. Yeah. I when I uh, there's a like I have a deck. Mm-hmm. out by the pool and you know here's what deadly spiders love 
moisture and wood. Uh. So, yeah, like underneath you always have to check if you're having people over to make sure there's no uh, – the two that would be there would yeah. be funnelback spiders and redback spiders. Oh. And they're both deadly-ish. Uh, Depending re- on how big you are. I remember – because, you know, I used to date a girl from Australia and we were – I think we were in – yeah, we were in Tasmania – and we were going um, to this waterfall, and she just very casually, like, we're walking to this really beautiful waterfall. I'm super excited. We're walking through this tall grass. She's like, oh, uh, as you walk, just stomp on the ground just in case any snakes are going to come out. You just let them know you're coming. I was like, wait, what's happening? Why are we? You're just casually mentioning yeah, that. You're like, like, why is she stomping like that right. while we're walking through? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, right, because everything could kill you and it's just out of sight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, snakes in particular. Yeah. Like if you're in the grass and the bush, I mean, growing up on the farm, the amount of like dangerous snakes yeah. that would just come out of nowhere, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, at least with a bear, it, you can see it. You right. can hear it. They're big. But yeah, black bears are usually not that dangerous. Right. I've fed black bears by hand. <laughs> It's not recommended, right. but uh, I was, and I didn't, I was a kid. I didn't even know it was bad. I was up in the upper peninsula of Michigan mm-hmm. and, uh, and a thing to do in this small town, a thing that like tourists would do is go to the trash dump at sunset because this fucking family of black bears would come out of the woods and then just root through the trash and eat the trash. But if you went there with, and everyone would bring uh, raw hot dogs and then I was probably eight years old walking up to a fucking black bear with a, just a hot dog in my hand, yeah. and he just ate it out of my hand. Crazy. Right. And the whole. Nothing better than the whole town gathering around the local dump to watch a child feed a dangerous animal yeah. with a raw hot dog. No kidding. Great night out, guys. It's like, there's no way we're training these bears to not be afraid of us by giving them food. It's a terrible idea. It's a horrible you don't, idea. You can't, you're not meant to give no. dangerous animals food. No, That's because, because then, then they get be, used to it. They're just going to come up and rip a man's arm off when he's eating a Subway sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a black bear in line down at Pink's Hot Dogs, <laughs> killing people in the line. Ah, uh, well, I wish that'd be great. The, people, uh, this is an interesting thing to me about LA because I don't have never been to Pink's Hot Dogs. Hey, it's a very I've famous past it. Uh, hot dog like tourist attraction here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But there's always like a line. I'm done. Down. I'm, I'm done with any hot dog place. Oh, done. What do you mean? So I like your firm opinion, but I, I need to know more about Every that. city, I feel like, especially Chicago and LA, but every city has like, oh, you gotta go have this hot uh, dog. Right. The best hot dog in the world is still a shitty food. <laughs> it's still not the best thing you ever want to put in your mouth. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's like a good burger. I can understand that. But a hot dog is like the refuse of all the animals and they just shove it in a, uh, in a skin sock and slap crap on it. It's disgusting. So no matter how good it is, it's still going to be bad and you always have to wait the longest amount of time for a hot dog. I don't know why. I think also there's a, like, I mean, I'm very big on time like time spent waiting to time spent enjoying ratio. Exactly. And I feel like with a hot dog, no. you're not getting that. You're done in 15 right, seconds. Right, it's gone. You've waited an hour in line in the hot sun of Los Angeles. And who wants to eat a hot dog? Standing on the street in the in sun. In a desert. It's Los ridiculous. Angeles is a desert. Right? Right? And it was just like, mm, yeah, a little more relish, uh, <laughs> a little more mustard, and mm, let me just sit on the pavement right. in Los Angeles. It's hot and sweaty. I'd really like my sweat to smell terrible. <laughs> what could I eat? 
what can I put inside myself? Hot dogs very much, you know, are a food designed to be thrown at you at a sporting event. I agree. And you eat it. And that's fine. Yeah. That makes sense that's to me. That's fine. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But you know, do you guys throw hot dogs at people? I was just agreeing like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, is this an Australian Well, I don't mean thrown as in like in an oh. aggressive way. I mean as in like someone selling hot dogs. Oh. And, you know, you're sitting in your seat at a sporting event. <laughs> I, some, you thought we had I some thought, sort of hot dog throwing? I thought it was like the like football footballers are on the field. They're playing and then like just get hot dogs thrown at their head. And every once in a while they'll like reach over and like, <laughs> you know, the same way that like marathon runners, people hold water out along right. the side for it. They just throw hot dogs in case footballers are hungry. I mean, they do have a lot of signs around the edge of the ground that says, please do not feed the players. <laughs> but just, <laughs> you'll get them used to it. They'll come back here all the time just for the hot dogs. Um, no, I, you know, when the hot dog seller, the hot dog yeah. vendor oh, yeah. is going around, hot pies and hot dogs, are you very much, yeah. I mean, I don't eat meat, so I don't really, but I do eat a vegetarian hot dog, which is weird that I've. They're probably terrible, right? You're trying to mimic a horrible food I mean, with healthy things. It's an interesting thing that you say. Yeah, it's right? probably even worse than a normal hot dog, I would imagine. Here's what I'm going to say. Yes. And this is going to be controversial. Do it. I think it's the closest to the original taste, flavor, and experience of any fake vegetarian food. I would. That would make sense because a hot dog is so processed right. and created a vegetarian hot dog still actually kind of kind of tastes like a hot dog <laughs> yeah. particularly once you put hot dog related accessories Items on it, on it yeah, right you kind of can't tell it's like you know this is a hot dog yeah and it doesn't feel as terrible because you don't have the right. you know hooves and anuses of a thousand different cows jammed yeah. into the one sausage yeah you have something else that i'm not gonna get into that i can't explain it's but confusing it's confusing what, what do they put in there because i like a fake meat like i'm a fake meat fan i like a fake uh, breakfast sausage, and I think oh, that's probably it. right. Yeah, 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 it's a bit cleaner. Yeah, right. Yeah, a little flat breakfast sausage. Yeah, yeah, you guys have those, right? Yeah. I'm into that. Like, I don't mind it, but um, but no, none of the meats apart from the sausage. Once you get out of sausages and hot dogs, none of them taste anything like. Like people pretend that they do. Yeah, but, but they you don't. know what? You know what does taste good? I think sometimes is they have the uh, the chicken McNuggets that are. Not, they're de- they're delicious. They're, they're better than delicious. chicken nuggets. Yeah. I'm going to say they're better. I'm going to go a step further. All right, I'm fine I'm going to say that vegetarian chicken nuggets are better than actual chicken but nuggets. But also it almost defeats the point of being a vegetarian right. by eating them. <laughs> Where it's probably better for you to have the goop that they make chicken McNuggets out of than whatever they're putting in those things. Right, but it's, uh, yeah, no, I find that that's so weird that the things that we really have replaced, like there's so many, particularly here in America, yeah. and I'm a big sucker for it because not eating meat at home, I, you know, uh, I don't really have a lot of options. Oh, but really? Here, I mean, as in like, you know, you can get vegetarian food at places, but there's not that sort of like, yeah, there's a small range of veggie hot dogs and a bit of like, you know, but here, you know, it's a whole aisle of the supermarket. Oh, yeah. And so I, you know, I'm going home with things that I would never eat just based on like vegetarian short ribs. Who knows? Of course I've got to try what they're like. Why? Let's see. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is, uh, when did you give up meat? About 12 years ago. 12 years ago. So okay. I, I transitioned out though. I, um, I did fish for a while. Like I was a, right. one of those people yeah. for a while. And then I decided that I wouldn't do it at all. Have you ever? Yeah, when I was 12, I gave up meat. We're 12? <laughs> yeah, I read this book. <laughs> I, read this, <laughs> I read this book when I was 12 that said 
that if because I was really worried about the rainforest when I was twelve, right. and so as you should be. I read this book saying like the best thing you can do for the rainforest is give up um, red meat because they're cutting down rainforest. Sure. So if you give up for like one year, you save like x amount of acres of rainforest. I was like, I'm doing it. Yeah. And so then I didn't eat red meat from twelve to. 18 and then at 18 I uh, had to pay for my own food and I realized that hot dogs were two for 25 cents and so I just went back. You were like, fuck the rainforest. (laughs) rainforest. I've done my bit. I'm very hungry. Hey, rainforest. (laughs) It's over to you now. It's on you. Figure it out. Yeah, I, I'll I'll buy recycled toilet paper, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, guys, I, I got to be honest with you. I feel like I I thought I was helping you, but maybe I've got to let you fall. <laughs> maybe you you won't know how to get out of this yourself until you hit rock bottom. The one thing about that, because like I like it as a as a as like a as an ethical decision and choice. Right. Um, but like the majority of destruction of the world is industry, and that's the thing that you can't control and you can't do anything about absolutely you know like even like water water conservation in, in australia i know it's very important but like a hu- human use of water is like like less than 10 percent of the water that's used M- majority of water is used for industry and so you can't even if you do the best and you never use water it doesn't matter right. that's the difficult thing i have it's no but like, it is and i i feel like how do you get people to care. do anything yeah when you we do feel so like nothing Powerless. we do I mean, the, the thing is, you do it because it creates meaning in your own life, and the only th- person you can affect is yourself. I think that's at the end of the day. But it is like, uh, in the face of the reality, I think it's overwhelming. You kind of feel crushed. But that's life. Life. <laughs> but that is life. You get crushed by life. That's what it does, you know? So it's just, it's just the same. I find that very interesting. Are you a religious person? Are you at any... Were you raised religious? Do I was you raised, have religion yeah. in you still? I was raised Catholic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I'm a religious person. Um, I do really like that I was raised Catholic because I do feel like it, like growing up, it's kind of like being raised where you just like, uh, like where you just believe like the boogie monster is real or something, you know? So you believe that there's this reality that you can't see or, but it holds you accountable on a different level that the normal world doesn't hold you accountable. It's like a, it's having an imaginary like Narnia type place that you actually believe is real for your entire childhood until I was like 18 I was probably a Catholic you know yeah. I was going to be a priest I wanted to be a priest when I was a kid. Now um, that's interesting why because I also even though I'm not religious wanted to be a priest. Really? So I'm fascinated by why you wanted to be a priest. I think it was because of the theater of right. mass you know Standing what I mean? Standing up the front of a room. <laughs> it's just a stand he's right? a He's a stand-up comic. He's, he's not giving funny. his opinions. Yeah, priests are stand-up comics. Reading a lot funny. of his material out of a book. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it was. Do you know what I mean? Right. And then I was like, oh, no, I don't, there's other ways to do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to be a priest. I can give that up. But I was an altar boy and everything, the whole nine yards. And But it was an enjoyable experience? Uh, religion in yeah. general? You know what? That's interesting because I think religion for a lot of people is this. On a personal level, it's, in, it's very fulfilling and then, uh, if, again, if you step back and look at it uh, from a wider viewpoint, it's incredibly damaging, you know? And so you can't agree with the main thing, but on the personal level, it's very, uh, I, I find it, I, it helped me as growing up. It's the same thing with the Mormons, you know? Like, when you look at the Mormon faith, like, like what they believe is cuckoo balls, and it was just invented by someone 120 years ago. But the people are, like, some of the nicest people you'll ever meet. They're very helpful, and they really want to, like, get in there and be kind and nice. And so that's the thing. It's, like, the tough part. If this thing, if this weird 
possibly evil system results in people being nicer and better, then I guess I have to be behind it, even though it can be uh, bigoted and horrible in a lot of ways. It's such a, it is, uh, I find that really fascinating because obviously people want to know yeah. like how, wh- what to do every day. Yes. Because it's so, there's so confusing. It's confusing. It's a, do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, do you remember the moment where you went, from no longer having to have a job to just being a comic full time and you just like stopped having your day job or whatever it was and you were just a comic and you had no one telling you what to do ever and you have a freak out where like your days, for me at least, I was just like, what do I, because I, I, I had a day job for eight years, yeah. right? And then one day I was like, oh, I can quit my job and now I make my money as a comedian. And I just, for probably like a year, just went crazy. Because it was just like, I could do whatever I want. Right. I don't have to do anything. I'm no. going to until 4 in the morning every single night. I'm going to sleep till 4 p.m. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. There's no consequences to anything. And then you realize like, oh, no, you're going to die if you continue right. to live your life that way. And then you like create structure for yourself, but it's a personal structure. And so that's what religion used to be, though. Like, I yes. mean, religion was just like, here are your ten. Like, I mean, the idea of like, if you want to... Yeah, Take it right back to that sort of like Ten Commandments idea that yeah. is most resonant with you know you know U.S. people in particular. Yeah, um, I I understand the appeal of having like ten rules that if you nail those ten rules, awesome, you get to go to somewhere cool. Imagine if there was a showbiz Ten Commandments. Right. If you just just, just do, do these, these ten things. If you do these ten things, it might take a while, but you're gonna make it. Yeah. <laughs> I would so be into that. Right. And there's nothing like that. And there'd be people going, it's not true. Like, it's true. <laughs> I'm following these rules and it is true. <laughs> you always feel, I always feel that when like you meet somebody who's like, he's like, oh, oh uh, take, my, take my business card. I'm an actor. And you're, and you're just like, oh God, you just creeped me out. Like you think you're following the showbiz rules and you're not, you're creeping me out. I don't want to ever talk to you again. That's the interesting thing, isn't it? That someone who is essentially Try. just trying to be professional. Yes. And it's just like, you don't really, like, yeah. And I, I've, I, I think I have anxiety about that all the time where it's like, did I just do something that was like stupid, but I thought it would be, ugh, I never want to be a gross, I don't, I really have a, I'm allergic to that kind of networky stuff. But then I, when I try and do it, I think I fuck it up. Right. <laughs> I, I honestly do. I do find it. So one of the things that I've found really uh, confronting uh-huh. about being here yeah. is that, People are naturally, and obviously this is a wide, big generalization, but in the industry in particular, people are very confident or they've been told to be confident and like it's all about people's credits and it's all about people. And like, you know, if you spend any time with someone, someone will tell you what's going on or they'll be telling you about something else. And like as an Australian, our natural position is to downplay any sort of, so I do find that that. a hard. I, I agree. And in New York, too, I think it's different. Like LA is its own beast. Like so in New York, how is it different? It's it's different in the fact that I don't think people. I think the the self deprecation deprecation right. Yes. <laughs> loved it. I always say self degradation. I love that you worked your way through that. Thank too. you very much. It was like I really sounded it out. It was used you tapping your tapping your fingers at the. <laughs> <same. I can. laughs> I think people are more self deprecating in New York, and I think people are are more. Um, they're unwilling to be like, oh yeah, well, th- I'm I'm doing th- I'm doing this movie next week, and they just like tell you and look at you dead in the eye and say, like, why I didn't ask, no, I didn't ask what movies you're doing. Right. Right I'm now. going to say Pacific Rim. Yeah, Does yeah, that yeah. Count? I'm gonna go get rimmed right, right. now, but uh, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Um, uh, what was your day job? What did you do before you did comedy? I fixed computer. Well, I was doing comedy while during. Yeah. I was um, fixing computers. Oh. Fixing computers for a uh, staffing agency. And they were, and I don't, I majored in philosophy and English. Right. I well, that is perfect anything. qualifications for fixing computers. <laughs> perfect, right. right? I honestly faked my way into the job and then got the job and just stayed in it because everyone at the staffing agency was so stupid that all of their problems were, like, I swear to God, 65% was, was, it was unplugged or it was turned off. 65%. And then the stuff that was more difficult, all you had to do was Google the words they said to me uh. and the answer was the first link. And then I would just click on the link <laughs> and I would follow instructions on how to fix the computer. Uh, I mean, and I did it for eight years. And the, But I was also like the classic awful IT guy because I... I didn't. I because you hated people. You mean? I made. Why well, and the people who were? I was just an asshole. Yeah. I was an asshole because I hated. I specifically made a choice that I wasn't going to take a job that I enjoyed because I wanted to get out of it. My makes, goal was to get out of it. Makes complete sense. I've, yeah. I've told this story before on the podcast, but I always and it's such a weird person to quote. But when I was first starting doing comedy, yeah. I um, watched an episode of Oprah that Roseanne was on. Uh -huh. Right, and Roseanne was talking. Oprah said, "Is it good to have something to fall back on?" And Oprah said, uh, "Sorry, Roseanne said, no, you shouldn't have something yeah. to fall back on because if you can fall back on something, you'll you're fall going back on to. it. Because there's going to be really right? hard times. If you're at some job where you like, kind of like your job, it's and not it what makes you want to do. More money than no money, right? And you've got friends suddenly, and on yeah. Friday night they want to. They don't want to go to some dingy comedy club. Yeah, yeah they want to go out and have Friday night drinks because yeah. you've all been working all week, and you're like, well, these are my friends. Yeah, you know what? I'll go to the comedy next Friday." Mm -hmm. or whatever yeah exactly. it makes complete sense to me yeah 100 percent. and so yeah so that would it was it was uh i was just such a jerk and that's the one thing i wish i had not been such a jerk but i really just hated every morning hated like got up and like felt dread and awfulness and like going to the and i had to be there at seven in the morning i think yeah that's a really interesting um perspective though uh, that idea of and people live this all the time. And I think sometimes with comedians in particular, you know, because, you know, I mean, obviously it goes well and not well and all those sort of things like any job. Yeah. But like a lot of the time, like you've already won if you don't have to go to an office at seven o'clock in the morning. Boom. Like you've already won. Done. Right. What, are you, what are you doing tomorrow? Did, did, have you ever – tell me how many times in the last three months you've seen a movie during the day on a weekday. <laughs> and then tell me – I just did it on Friday. <laughs> right. Six days ago. Exactly. <laughs> that's what being a comedian is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's – I mean, you're already winning. Yeah, already. What was the movie you saw, uh, incidentally? Pacific Rim. Oh, you did? Okay, good. Well, let's get into this then because – Okay, did you see it? Yeah, I've seen it. What did you think oh, of Oh, yeah, Pacific that's right. Rim? We talked about it a little yeah. bit. I thought – I honestly was like uh, – it was so middle of the line. I wasn't disappointed. Right. And I did not, I don't, I don't think I actually enjoyed myself. Right. Do you know what I mean? I, and it, there was definitely at points where there was action sequences that I was just like, this action sequence has gone for so long and it should be so exciting. It's a giant monster right. fighting a giant robot. What could go destroying wrong? Destroying a city. Right. And I was bored. And it was, had nothing to, like it was just... And also some of the action, I was like, this is confusing to follow. These things are so big. I think there's a problem at the moment where, like, you know, the thing where technology is really, really good, yeah. but it's not quite good enough. Yeah. So they have to do that thing of going, we can't actually show you a robot fighting a giant dragon. Yeah. We can't do that. 
it's not quite good enough to make that look realistic. So it's got to be at night in the rain. And then we, <laughs> and we'll shoot it, you know, just chop it up a little bit and give you the sort of feel of it. So I think it's the opposite, is that the tech is good enough to make it look absolutely re- realistic. But because it's, because it's so good, it starts to look unrealistic. Do you know what I mean? Like it is so oh. clear. It's so clear. And everything You're saying it's made. better than life. The de- yeah, the detail is so intense that you don't get that deep. Like life is really dirty and like messy and like you don't actually see things clear and clean. But like when there, it's super clear and clean. And when I watch it, I kind of am like, I just get confused. That's why like normally like a movie like that, I have to go to it stoned because then like I just check out. I just like pretty colors, lots of pretty colors, moving around on the screen, satisfied. You know, I don't care about anything else. I love going to the movies a lot more than I like movies. Yes, like, I like I going enjoy, to the movies. Right. I, I enjoy that. Yeah, 100%. I, I like to get stoned and go to the movies, yeah. eat some popcorn. Best. I've sat down. I've been in a cool place for a couple of hours. I, honestly, if the movie's good, that's a bonus. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> What's the last good movie you saw? Um, oh, like, like a really good... Uh, you know, I enjoyed... I'm not saying it's a great movie, but I enjoyed This Is The End... In a I way that seen it. I thought it was, it was very good. funny. Yeah, I want to go see it. Like laugh out loud, like at times, genuinely laugh out loud funny, which I think is the very idea hard of it for. Is a, very funny. Yeah, it's a great concept. idea, and I think they do a a good job with that. And you know, like in, even for comedians, there's some really nice moments, and this isn't a spoiler, but like because it's in the trailer, but like you know, when the giant hole opens up, and there's so many people who, you know who are being sucked into this like you know vortex, and they. When Craig Robinson goes by and won't save as is, it's one of the funniest. That, like, it's just funny. And then, like, comes into the house. I tried to save him. No, he, like, kicked him in into the hole. Like, it was just, it's a really, I thought it was a really solid film. Oh, good. Yeah. But most of the time I go to the movies and I walk away a yeah. bit. Mildly disinterested. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I like, um, but I, that said, I'm not like a snob or anything. Like I loved, for example, The Dark Knight Rises. Now I know that was a, f- a film that I was full was, of yeah, I liked flaws, it. but I loved it. Yeah, yeah, no, I enjoy. I just watched it on television again, and then I thought I found the, uh, <laughs> I thought I found the uh, the tunnel entrance in L.A. Oh. The <laughs> where they shot it because I was exploring because I because I do this podcast where I like. Um, blindfold people and put them in my car and then drive them to a place they've never been before and mm-hmm. then like unblindfold them and they have to like figure out where they are and we kind of go exploring together right and so uh i thought i had found it and i brought this guy who was a really big Batman i also fan. like the idea that you've looked at hostage situation and thought that could be a podcast that could be, that could be, that could be something fun. fun right that could be fun right <laughs> and i brought uh, this guy mike lawrence who's a very funny comedian and, uh, and I was like, oh, so like, it's like, essentially it's an entrance to the LA River, which is a really weird place because it's, have you ever seen the LA River? No. What they did in the 50s, so fucking crazy. LA is such a weird place. What they did in the 50s, they were like, this river here, all these people have homes on the edge of the river. When it floods in the, in the spring, uh, it, uh, it ruins their homes. So what we should do is just concrete the entire river. So they just made, essentially, they paved the entire river all the way through Los Angeles. What? So now what it looks like is just this giant sluice with, like, flat 
concrete bottom and concrete 45 degree angle sides and then the water just runs in the middle like in terminator now i know that's it's the terminator, terminator thing exactly right. that's yes. terminator and also in greece if you ever seen greece where they race in greece and in drive the movie drive like it's all like and so this was a tunnel that we came out we went walked down this tunnel and then came out and we we're at the la river but the whole reason i had chosen it was because i just watched dark knight rises right. and i was almost a hundred percent that like this tunnel was in Dark Knight Rises, and but he's a huge Batman fan, and so I like brought him down there and I unveiled him, and I was so expected because Lauren and I went and, like looked. <laughs> she at was it. heckling you behind your back by the yeah, way. Yeah, she yeah. just mouthed at me. He makes shit up. <laughs> <laughs> She's it right. Looks, it looks best, so similar. also best callback of the whole podcast. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really did honestly think it, and so I unveil it and I'm yeah. like, huh, huh, and he's like, oh. Huh? I'm like, huh? Huh? And he's like, what? And I was like, it, I, it's the tunnel from Dark Knight Rises. And he's like, that movie's horrible. I've never watched it. <laughs> or no, he's watched it, but he hated it. And so he refused to confirm or deny whether it was. Oh, whether it was the tunnel. So. But he also, I think he was like, I don't think it's the tunnel. And then Lauren and I had had the argument of whether or not it was the tunnel. And I was like, Mar Mike Lawrence, when he opens his eyes, he's going right. to say, this is it. What and were you basing your idea that you thought it was the tunnel on? It just looked like it. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's, it wasn't. <laughs> it was a tunnel. It was a tunnel. Yeah. What, what about it made it exactly look like the tunnel? It had a, it had a slope. Right. And it had sides right. and a roof. Like a tunnel. Like a tunnel. Right. Like a real fucking tunnel, man. Right. And I think that did movie, it look at all like the tunnel from the fugitive? Like it was <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that tunnel elsewhere. Right. <laughs> you know that one. It's over a giant, yeah, yeah, like, it's a, yeah, huge, yeah, huge waterfall. Yeah, you can survive that fall though, yeah, so it's yeah, fine. It's done. Yeah, yeah. It fun. looks like it'd definitely kill you. I, I saw a film actually that I did enjoy the other day, which yeah, may or may not be of interest to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not like a you know great film, but it was yeah. like one of those things where it was unexpected joy for me. Uh -huh. It was called Forty Two, and it's the story of Jackie Robinson. Oh right, the first like a black baseball player, well yeah. the first black baseball player to play in the white leagues or whatever you know. Yeah. And I because I you know knew the like you, you've the heard of Jackie story. Robinson right? Yeah. Yeah, I under well I knew about as much of it as I just said to you then. Yeah. Like, you know... Jackie Robinson. Yeah, he was the first name. guy to play, like, yeah, you know, yeah. right, I knew that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. But nothing actually about the story. And so they made, like, a little, you know, biopic, you know, but Harrison Ford is in it. That's is why really it was, good. And he's great. I have to see it. I have not seen it. There's so many movies that I haven't seen, uh, but it, that, uh, that one's not, like, it's not... I would just be worried it'd be, like, really upsetting. No, it's not. It's not. It's awesome. I thought it would be. Yeah. I. It, but it isn't. Okay. It's kind of... I mean, it's very much a... It's almost... I mean, it's there's a fine line line between it and sort of like a feel good movie of the week, yeah. but it's done well enough that it's not that. That's well, in my opinion, okay. anyway. As someone who, you know, what I thought, and right. maybe it's full of histor histor historical inaccuracies. Mm. Historical inaccuracies. I just tapped it nice. out. Um, but I was sitting there watching it, going, if all history could be this entertaining, I would know a lot more about the world. <laughs> Like, why can't they yeah. just get together and go, here's all the stuff you need to know. And make and we'll it make, awesome. Yeah, just make it awesome. But not like Lincoln. No. More entertaining. Awesome. Like yeah. entertaining awesome. <laughs> yeah, actually entertaining. Right. Like make it all like Gladiator, but with real facts. I, that's, yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I want. Gladiator with real facts. Gladiator with real facts. Come on, guys. We'll get together. That. Come on, guys. <laughs> we'll get Russell Crowe involved. <laughs>
Oh, you're, Russell Crowe's been pitching for his own Superman prequel. What? Yeah, he's putting it out on the internet, on Twitter. We talked about this the other day and it's um, he's been tweeting a lot of like, uh, so I'm getting a lot of requests for a uh, Man of Steel prequel, just sit on Krypton. No, you're not. Just sit you're on making Krypton? That up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh God, I love. He's not in the Man of Steel, is yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, he's um, uh, he's uh, Jor-el. He's um, okay. Superman's dad. <laughs> it's just about. But if it's on Krypton, it's just about normal people, right? Yeah. Because they don't have superpowers right. there. It's just a boring fucking story about normal people on a different planet. Well, it's still it's a different planet, but still they're. But humans. it is essentially like a design society full of scientists and doctors and politicians. <laughs> yes. It's essentially just... <laughs> you know everything you like about Superman? Yeah. We'll remove all the cool stuff. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of dudes and ladies hanging You know how out. he only gets his power because he's on our planet and the <laughs> proximity of the sun? Imagine well, how cool it would be if nothing exciting. They had no exciting powers. And everyone on their planet had the exact same amount of talent and skill. <laughs> that, that's a great movie, Russell. Good idea, Russell. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I do like the idea of making, uh, you know... Uh, knowledge entertaining like oh, yeah. and i don't mean i like i'm good at that myself but i like i find that i'm going towards things where i was like please just entertain me but also I, i'd like to know more yeah do you like do you find that you don't watch comedies on television i don't i, I don't watch sitcoms on yeah. tv i don't think so There's nothing I like, really, like i liked seinfeld when that was on <laughs> That was good, right? People like that. Seinfeld. I, I think people, was. I think people enjoyed. It. I mean, I haven't they played to that in America. Recently. But we yeah, got they it, we did. Got it. That was very big in Australia. I'm yeah, not sure yeah. if it was. Yeah, no, I think I've seen it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> I like Seinfeld. I like The Simpsons. I like like South Park. Yeah. I like the old um, classics. I like the U.S. Office more than I expected that I would. I think so. I think in the beginning it was really good. Yeah, I felt yeah. like. Well, yeah, I felt like about season two through five or whatever. There was a real good patch of like yeah. where I thought. They did a really good job with it. There's heaps of funny people on it and yeah, yeah, really, doing yeah. good jobs. I think it, it suffers from a lot of the stuff that America suffers from American television where it's just like they're just going to keep going. They're just going to keep going until it's obviously a broke machine and like it's been broken for a while and then they'll end it. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's too bad. You should have. Like, I don't think I don't I don't like the British version where it's just like one season. That's it. Of the best, sh- and you'll never see it again, and you'll love it so much. You get four episodes. Fuck yourself. You know, I don't think that's really the best. But like, but like, let's not go until yeah, we're all. But, we but that all is true, it. though. It's like in England, it's like, oh my god, they're making new office. Yes, they're doing one Christmas special <laughs> that you have to wait three years for. That like, you know, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that is a, a very interesting. Are you a person who searches for knowledge? Because as someone who studied philosophy, yes, are you a person who like searches? Searches for like you know, are you interested in what makes the world tick? Is that something that you like? I I yes, I would say I am. But like when I look at if I like look at myself and mm-hmm. see like what do I do to uh, to further that? Like the only do you like, just, I like, is it easier just to make up stuff? Is that what yeah, you're saying? It's very fun. Yeah. I mean, like the thing is, like I've just become. So, uh, uh, the only things I, I read all the time, but I only read trashy sci-fi. Like, it's oh. all I read. What sort of stuff? Um, what's something that's actually, like, I wouldn't be embarrassed to mention. Um, there's this new, there's not a new guy. He's Joe, uh, Joe Heiderman. I'd have to look him up. Sure. Um, but he's, he wrote this book called uh, The Forever War in the 70s. And then all of his books since then have been mind-blowing. And I just found out about him. 
Um, and so I've been reading all of his books. What is it about that sort of genre that fascinates you? Because one of the things that we talk about quite a lot on this podcast is like time travel and the it's idea ta- of yeah. alternate dimensions travel. and all that sort of. Yep. I think it's, I don't know what, but I can't pinpoint what, what I'm obsessed about it, why I'm obsessed Would with it. Would you like to time travel? I don't even, I don't even, even think about it. Would I like to time travel? Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. I come around and I say, okay, here it is. I come around and I say, look, I was trying to set up my podcast, uh-huh. uh, plug something into the wrong thing, yeah. and I have accidentally invented a time travel machine, yes. right? But unfortunately, it's like a one trip. You can go one trip only. It only works on each person once. Nope. I'm not doing it. You're not going to do it? No. Because the, the main thing is... <laughs> no. Because the thing is about it... You're turning it down. I'm, it's you're one turning way. Down the opportunity. It's one that's it. It's like you're going to go to a place where... Oh, no, no, no. You can come back. It's a return journey. Oh, you can come return back. Return trip. Oh, But yeah. you only get one ever go at it. Oh, yeah, sure. I thought that you were like, no, I don't even want to time travel if I can't do it again. No, no, I no, thought no. you were like, I was like, well, that is a stance. No, I would be. And I was scared of being trapped somewhere. No, no, no. You don't have to be trapped somewhere. Oh, you're not trapped anywhere. You can go wherever so, you want. So we, I get to choose one One time. place, one time. One place and time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, I guess, uh, I, look, uh, you, you get a week there. There you go. You get a week there. A week. You can have okay. up to a week. Let's so t- if you wanted, you could travel. I mean, I want to go to the future. I would want to go to the future, but the question is, is like, how do you pinpoint it so that you don't, so you don't go so far that you're past when humanity has destroyed itself? I think that's a really interesting idea because I think you could say a lot about people about whether they'd like to go to the future or whether they'd like to go to the past because the past is more reliable. Yeah, you could, you you could know exactly find where. a time and a place and yeah. kind of have a guess at it, whereas the future... Yeah, and you don't want to you don't want to go past where there's you're just going to be in the woods and everyone's dead, right? You know, because then for a week you just like hang out with like future deer, right? Uh, <laughs> or, and you don't want to do it so that it's like sixty years in the future where just like the world is in like this pre post apocalyptic place where right. like the, like oils run out and we're yeah, like global totally warming's fucked. hit in, yeah, and you arrive destroyed. and you're like, hey, I'm from the time where we made all these mistakes. <laughs> Hi, guys. I traveled from there. Hey, guys, I would just keep my air conditioner on when I wasn't at home. Right. (laughs) And nice to meet everybody. They used to give us twice as much food as we needed, and we would throw half of it out at the end of every meal. Every day I used disposable plates, just so you guys know. I used to drink water that was flown in from Fiji. (laughs) Fiji in a plastic bottle. Oh, that is the, like, the plastic bottles make me... I make me so upset, but I still like I, everyone. Like everyone, they're everywhere. You're always using them. I try not like I, I try have my to, little water bottle and yeah. everything. You know, I'm but, a real uh, like I'm doing my best. Yeah, but, but there are times where you. But you still like even. I no thought matter, it was polite to bring my own water today. I don't know why, but I felt like I was coming to your house and it was polite to bring my own water. Yeah, you could have had some of the cans of. Seltzer that I keep. In the you did provide me a tiny ice cream. I did so give I, you a tiny ice cream. It was not knowing that I love tiny food. That he loves f- tiny food. I just offered him a tiny ice cream. Right. And I didn't know what to call it, so I did call it. Would you like a tiny ice cream? Because yeah. it's called Hold the Cone. Uh, it's a Trader Joe's thing. <laughs> and I would 
you know, anybody else, you know, uh, like or Lauren, you know, we the only people, I, the, only <laughs> I, the only person I talk to about these tiny ice creams is my girlfriend. Right. And so we know it's like hold the cone. Yeah. It's like yeah, I'm gonna get a hold the cone. Right. But I couldn't say that. It'd sound like a fool to you. I would not have known what no. you would have meant yeah, if you said, you "Would about? you like a hold the cone?" Yeah, hold. You, you, I would say uh, drugs. I would have assumed drugs. You want to hold, right? hold the cone? That yeah, sounds yeah. You want to hold the cone? One hundred percent. Right. A cone. Oh, you sounds think like it sex? sounds like sex. Hold the cone. Hold the cone. That's that's, that's <laughs> just, a little glimpse into all like to, of our brains. Exactly. Just like to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Rorschach test. Or something. It's <laughs> yeah. like what, how do you, how do you react to the expression "hold the cone"? <laughs> Your three choices: sex, drugs, or ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Which would also be quite a good TV show. Yeah. yeah. Sex, drugs, and sex, ice cream? Sex, drugs, or ice cream. It's oh. a choice. You can't... Oh. Like, it's a... God, that's a good one. It is a right. good one. So, it's three doors. Behind each of the doors, there is... is sex. Se- something sex. Something, something drugs. Something drugs. But you don't get to choose. So you don't get to choose which drug it is. You could walk in. It could be heroin. That's the thing. You don't get to choose what kind of sex it is. Right. Or who you're going to get to have sex with. You could could walk in if you're straight and you get fucked in the butt. Right. (laughs) Could be the most beautiful person in the world. Could be. Right. Yeah. Could be your favorite drug or it could be meth. Ice cream might be made out of poison. That's the risk that you have to take. That's the see the ice cream. There's almost no bad options. The only poison. one is poison. Poison. It has to be poison because it's not like oh too bad I got poisonberry when yeah. I wanted Rocky Road. No, you got poisonberry. You That's got what you got. Poisonberry. Right. Yeah, it's um they. They, I, I, I think that's a good game show. I think it's a great game right. show. But I mean, like, oh God, it is. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure what the payoff is if it works. Do you know what I mean like there's no? I guess you just get the ice cream or you get the sex. We want to see it when it goes wrong, really. You want to see it when it goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You want to watch a man get <laughs> raped <laughs> for making the wrong door choice. <laughs> but he did have the possibility of winning a free ice cream. So, <laughs> I mean. I mean, you don't. You really live by the sword. You, buy, you yeah, die yeah. by the sword. <laughs> <laughs> you live by the cone. You die by the cone. You hold the cone, man. right? Hold the cone. I think we should call it hold the cone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that's just to confuse. Just people. to confuse people. It's already a fucking weird show. <laughs> Let's get it off the bat. It's gonna be weird. Yeah. Firstly, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be weird, guys. How, how do you guys feel about weird? All right, good. It's called hold the cone. I want to know how you feel, but speaking about us, okay. uh, TV, Australian sure. TV shows, how do you feel about Wilfred uh, being made here? So it, this is really actually quite fascinating because yeah. I think that they here they've done a bad job re- trying to remake um, really popular Australian shows. Like we were talking about Kath and Kim before, just yeah. they didn't quite... They can't do they it. They just can't quite get what it is. Right. But I think they've had great success taking you know small things that were smaller ideas yeah like the thing with wilfred was that no one really watched it in australia it was on a tiny like a, a, a little network i think people watch it on dvd mostly right, right? that's it, how i saw it in australia it was on a dvd it was a little cult show that yeah. no one really watched the people who did watch it liked loved it, it. So and I then the word so got a, then the word got around yeah. and then you know like but i think that that's a more successful way to do it like is take something that wasn't necessarily so iconic yeah. where you can put your own and also they put they, jason's in the both shows so yeah. i think that gives it a bit of a yeah you know feel do you like it do you, do you like the american one i do 
I mean, I mean, I it, I don't think you can really compare oh, you, even though it's a show about a talking dog right. who's an actual human in a dog suit and who's it's also a human. dog, and it's yeah. the same human. Like the you can't compare that, the shows. That you can't what? <laughs> Were you going to say you can't compare the shows? You can't compare the shows. Right. Like they're very different. You know that the Australian one. The fact that like everything was green, like yeah. it was just like it was almost like. A, a bunch of art films all put together and so weird and so many when you watch the Australian one there's a whole bunch of questions that are like really creepy yeah. um, and, and the American one I really like too but it doesn't have that level of creepiness and I don't think it could and it's still be st- successful it started uh, as a short film oh it did that in the sense. Trop Fest Festival which is our biggest short term uh, short film festival oh, in Australia okay. um, and uh, it's so it's th- it was a short film in that that maybe even one drop fest, okay. and so then it got spun off. In. So oh, okay. it, it probably doesn't surprise. Yeah. The thing that I think they're missing is it was co-created by another guy. Yeah. Who, when it came to America, you know, essentially was I mean, you know, I think there's some sort of credit there or like you know, the, but there was something that happened oh, where no. he's not involved in got the American out. version. Yeah. Right? Now, he's gone on to make a bunch of other shows in Australia that are also excellent. Yeah. His name's Adam Zoua, and I'm a big fan of his. People who've seen Australian TV, uh, particularly he made a great little show called Lowdown, which is about a uh, kind of tabloid, you know, entertainment journalist, mm-hmm. you know, working in a newspaper and covering it. And it's like a, just a really, it's a cute comedy, but it's a really entertaining, like smart. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, it's one of those ones that just out of the blue will have one of those weird or creepy or yeah. disturbing lines that, yeah. and I feel like maybe that sort of clever and weird and a bit slightly offbeat stuff came from Adam's mind. Yeah. And he's not, you know. Yeah, yeah, So it's partly because it's in America, but partly maybe because of that is also that. That is always like that that thing of transferring. Because we tried to make TV in, in the UK, uh, at least, like Kristen and I. Yeah. And... Um, it's just it's so fascinating that we all speak the same language we all have cultures that are very similar they're obviously different and that the way television is made is so dramatically different in all, all three countries yeah it is yeah. it's really different it's fascinating and the style and attitude of entertainment in general like it's totally different yeah is there a place that you find works best for what you do? Like, is there somewhere that you go, all oh, right, this is my natural, like, you know, this is where people get what it is that I do? I mean, I've, tr- I don't, I'm not necessarily, I really like playing in Australia. I think Australian, I mean, even at Hot Tub uh, on Monday night, Hot Tub's my weekly show, and Will came and, uh, and had tweeted about it. Uh, and uh, a ton of Australians were in the audience, and I just loved having them. Even even Australians in America at a show are just so giving and warm, and so I really enjoy playing in in Australia. In playing in, I remember seeing you guys at the uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah. That's what it was, wasn't it? When you guys came out, yeah. And I, I just I still remember because like, I hadn't met you at that stage, and uh, but I remember you were doing the the uh, Kristen Shales a horse, yeah. That. Oh my god! Like I nearly died of. <laughs> oh, thanks. Like it was one of the funniest things that I had ever seen in my life, and I didn't quite understand it in that beautiful way that I was like, yeah, yeah. It was just really, really funny. But I, I was amazed because I came maybe halfway through the run. I reckon, okay. and by then the audience were just 
loving it. Like it obviously had got around town that like, you know, this right. was yeah. like, you know, I, I imagine there was probably some nights where people not like, knowing what they were going you, to see were like, what is doing? this? What are you doing right. up there? Do you know what you're doing? Right. Yeah. I imagine there was some of oh, those definitely. early on. But yeah. the night I went, it was not like that at all. It was like an audience full of people who were like, yeah, like super excited. This is exactly what we wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and I think so the people nice. there are very open minded to yeah. like, you know, I find the festival itself yeah, there's a real audience there for every style of comedy. I really think so. Yeah. And that, I think, is... And I think that's the main thing that's lacking in America. Because uh, it's in in, in in the UK, they have this as well. Whereas, like, in America... And I don't know why. And I think it's... it's if it's not stand-up and straight stand-up, it, you, there's barriers. And that's slowly, like, breaking down, you know? Like, maybe in the past 10 years, it's a little bit different. But still, for, like... A majority of mainstream audiences, if it's not straight stand-up, get off. Like people are weirded out. Just two people. Like Kristen and I have not been able to. We wanted to do a special on television here, and they're just simply like, it's not stand-up. You know, like that's their reason. It's like this is a very successful show. This could right. be our two-person show, our, our double act. And in, I feel like in the UK or Australia, double act could easily put out an hour special on television. Of course they could. Here there aren't. There's like. There aren't any. We don't like it. Yeah, it's we just, just like, want to see one person being entertaining at a time. Yeah, no, take turns. Take turns. Do something else if you want to talk <laughs> to each other. You can be both in it, but not at the same time. Come on, guys, this is silly. Seriously, get off the stage. Right. <laughs> Let one do a half hour and the other do a half hour. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what you like. See, it's a double bill. We'll just do. <laughs> that's what you should tell them. You say, "Oh, that's fine. We're going to yeah, do a special." We're just a half an hour each. Yeah. Stand up. <laughs> Technically, that's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Just some of it's overlapping. It just comes on at the same time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what you should do. I mean, this would be not that you could ever do this, but I enjoyed uh, back in the day. The Flaming Lips put out an album, yes. and it was in four, four. different. And you, if you played oh, yeah. them all. You know, with spe- and people would have like you know parties. parties. What's it called? Xylo Zelia, something with a Z, I think. Yeah, xylophone. Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah. Come on, we can't even remember Wes Anderson's name. Right, we're right across Wes Anderson. We never, we will never forget. <laughs> uh, the fantastic Mr. Fox. That's him as well, isn't it, Wes? Wes yes, Anderson, I believe it is. Which is excellent. And it's excellent a very, film. it's a really good film. I love him a lot for a guy I couldn't remember. I love who him shares so much. almost the same letters of the There's name. Only. Two letters right. difference between us. That's <laughs> it. I should really be a bigger fan. Um, uh, what were I, oh, this is what you should do. Yeah, you guys just record yourselves separately, and people can play them both at the same time. <laughs> we tried. A, we tried for a long time to actually write a bit where we both do stand up simultaneously over each other, but just do it so that you can hit, you can hear punchlines. Right. You know. Uh, and we tried it a few times and didn't nail it. And then these guys, John Doerr and Rory Scovel, did it on Conan like maybe a year or two ago. And we're like, there it is. Uh, <laughs> don't you hate it when you like when you have an idea, you try it and you can't get it to work, and then somebody else fucking nails it, and you're like, there you go. That was me. For, 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 I had a whole week where I thought I'd invented the best app of all time. Uh-huh. Like I was like, this is the best app, and it's like it's basically for sexual compatibility. So uh-huh. I based around the idea that even in like a, a, most relationships there might be something that one person's into but and the other person might be into it but they've never been able to bring it up you're because they're it. shy yeah. and they don't want to it's not a thing that's 
you necessarily have to do yeah. and you wouldn't want to make the other feel, person feel like feel bad right. about not doing it right so this is this was my app but you could also use it for like one night stands or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, and it's basically the thing where you've got your list of what you do and do, don't like uh-huh. and only if you both say yeah I like that does it come up on your you know uh-huh. on your app right That's so that you could have a look at the thing and go yeah. oh, I'm into this and if they're not into that thing it doesn't come up on that like there's no so they don't even know right so That's they don't great. even know right yeah it's got to be a match thing yeah Someone's already invented it. Really? Someone already invented <laughs> That's it? That's already an app. That's crazy. Yeah. I've been telling people, I was like, this is the best idea. And then someone was like, yeah, someone's already had that idea. <laughs> oh, no. I had an idea about karaoke, which would just be like comedy karaoke. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're just like, it's just super famous comedians. Right. Like Steve Martin from 1975, his set, five minutes. It comes up, you do it in his style. Because in, in the States, it, it already exists. Right. It already exists. Oh, uh, yeah. I talked about it on a podcast. Do people ever do, um, like, you'd have to be careful about, like, I mean, you couldn't have, like, a white guy doing I Chris Ross's, Chris no, Rock's material saw, or something, right? So, the, the, so I talked about it on a podcast, and immediately someone on Twitter was like, it already exists. Here's a link. Uh, just like, <laughs> oh, thanks, guy. Um, let me shoot your ID down. Uh, but I watched, one of the clips I watched was a white girl doing Chris Rock. Wow. And it was all about how, like, it was all like, and it was also like a Chris Rock bit where you could be like, is this misogynistic? Right. It might be. And so it was actually funny that she was doing it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it was actually, but yeah, that would be the problem, right? Yeah. That, that's your main problem, yeah. I would have thought. But also it hasn't caught on and they've been doing it for a while. So I guess it's probably not that great of an idea anyway. <laughs> So apart from the possible racism and misogyny and the fact that someone else thought of it and it's not that popular. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. All right. Well, we should finish up. That's uh, We've uh, talked for as long as we should be talking. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Where can people find you on the internet? They can listen to your podcast. My podcast, which is called The K.O. Uh, it's on Nerdist.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a rotating format podcast. So we have like different you know one of the get lost which i described earlier yep and then there's another one called the boat show where we just talk about boats and mm-hmm. we don't have any knowledge of boats sure and then there's pedophilia uh which is the animal show which you uh are going to be on that's right that is correct yes i guess next week or two weeks from now right um, who knows it's podcast knows? world it's podcast i world. love when we always try to like we always try and like nail that down right. doesn't exist don't know when you're listening to this <laughs> yeah or when it comes out. When does this come out? Right. Who knows? Who knows? Right? I don't know. I don't and I'm the know. person who puts it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. So the podcast, uh, my album comes out August twentieth, uh, yeah. called "How Do I Land" on Kill Rock Star Records. Right. And uh, yeah, and then I just have a Twitter and the normal stuff, Twitter and Vine. Check out my vines, guys. Kurt Brownoller. If you just Google Kurt comedy. I'm the only other one other than Kurt Metzger. And it's if you uh, Google uh, Will Anderson, you'll probably find a lot of Wes Anderson information. There you go. Uh, you can find us, of course, on uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm Will underscore Anderson. And uh, um, the podcast, the Facebook page, or tofop.com. Uh, and uh, I am at the LA Podcast Festival uh, in October. I'm doing the first uh, live fofop ever. And uh, if you listen to this, uh, Sydney, Canberra, and... Uh, Perth shows are all on sale. The Goodwill Tour uh, continues in uh, Australia through August and September. So um, I would love if you are in those cities to come along to those. Uh, All right, we'll talk to you again another time. Cheers, mate. Thank you.